Welcome to the Legend Rewind podcast presented by Hall Sports and Outdoors. I'm your host this week, Noah McKay, and on this week's episode, I was joined by Upperman Lady B head coach Dana McWilliams. We talked about her playing career in Baxter and at Tennessee Tech, her entire coaching career, and so much more. It was a great conversation, and you're going to enjoy it. Without further ado, here's the Legend Rewind podcast presented by Hall Sports and Outdoors. All right, Dana McWilliams. The resume is very impressive. 700 plus wins, three state championships, three runner-ups, nine state tournament appearances, countless district tournaments, one countless districts, regions, all of it. It's very impressive. So thank you. If anybody's going to be on the Legend Rewind podcast, I think you are very fitting. So uh, welcome. We appreciate it. First off, let's go back to the beginning. We're sitting here at Upperman. I know this is where you went to school. What was your first kind of memories of basketball, what got you into this sport as a player first? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think I started playing probably maybe second grade. Um, I can remember vaguely that um, I remember my aunt and uncle uh, talking to their daughter and say uh, there was a team that, that needed a player and on a junior pro team and I, you know, I was like, oh, let me, let me, let me. And that's the first time I had really ever played any organized basketball and you know, immediately I just fell in love with it. I've always uh, played tons of sports, anything I could, you know, do when I was young, always playing outside with my cousins and then PE and things like that. So uh, I think it's probably around second grade. The competitiveness, you're known for being a competitor. Of course, you have to be to do this at a high level. Was that something that was innate into you? Was it something that developed over time? What, what was that process like? As, as long as I can remember, I've been super competitive. <coughs> you know, I good or bad, I don't know, but in, really in everything, you know, everything that I've ever done, I've always wanted to try to uh, be my very best that I could be, and um, any sport I play, you know, I've, I've cried almost every time as a player when I've lost a game, or, you know, and, and sometimes I think as a coach I'd like to too, but I try not to now, but, um, you know, I can remember um, my fourth grade teacher wrote me a note. Uh, maybe in one of the championships, one of the first ones that I won, and I hadn't heard from her, you know, obviously, and she said, you know, I knew you were going to coach when you were in the fourth grade when, when we had P.E. You already had the teams lined up before P.E. You had the, the roster for both teams and who was playing, and I, you know, kickball or whatever it was, and I don't really remember doing that, but um, I can imagine that I probably probably did. I, I've known for a long time that, that coaching was something I wanted to do. It's funny that that competitive edge you know I watch athletes at the highest level they talk about competing and everything <laughs> I had a conversation with my fiance she said you know it's not normal to want to win in everything because I'm that way I want to win in everything yeah. board games anything she's like yeah. it's not normal I was like well I'm in sports all the time that that's normal how important do you think you know talent of course is super important whether you're coach or player and ha- having it but to be an ultra competitor to want to win that the, the drive to want to win how critical is that to find success for me personally I think it's very important you know I, people who are, are not competitive sometimes they don't understand I had a music teacher ask me one time can, can I talk to you I want to understand why you're competitive at everything and they said like you know he said I know someone that's even competitive when they play cards at home I said you know that, that, yep. would, that would be me you know and he, he was just really try, intrigued on what what makes you competitive and so for me though that's when you can tell when you have players who are competitive and and they they hate losing and 
I think you have to do it and still be respectful. You know, I mean, you have to be a good sport about things like that. But, I mean, if you don't feel a little bit when you lose, then I'm not sure how good that you actually can be at, at, at a really high level. I think it has to hurt a little bit, and it has to be your ultimate goal is to try to win. You have to, you know, be able to handle it when you don't because obviously you're not going to win at everything you do. But uh, that will to want to win, I think, is very crucial. And continuing through your kind of origin story, you came here to Baxter. I know that. What was your playing career like here at Upperman? Well, um, you know, I, I played for Wayne Shanks, who uh, was a great mentor for me, uh, still is. You know, he, he's one of, one of my go-to people. Um, I, I learned a lot from him. Um, and my, so my freshman uh, year, I, I got hurt right before the season, so I missed uh, probably half my freshman year. Um, played my sophomore year, and then was in, in my junior year, and uh, about eight or nine games in, I tore my ACL. So, you know, then that was almost career-ending, honestly, for, for people. So, um, you know, I, I enjoyed my experience here. It, it didn't pan out exactly like I had, had hoped for because of my injuries. But um, the knowledge I got from uh, Coach Shanks was, you know, and not it was his first go at basketball, really. It wasn't necessarily the basketball. It was uh, what I learned from him about how you handle yourself, how you carry yourself, how you run a program, how you treat people, how you do things like that, um, that really, uh, I think, 100% has, has shaped me a, a, along the way. And I've, and I've told him that, you know, the things I've learned from him, and not just him, but that was my first really learning um, how you want to carry yourself and, and how you want to be and how you want to represent. Back at that time, you talked about your fourth grade teacher saying, yeah. and I know some high schoolers that play that have their eyes on coaching. You can already tell that they have. Were you that way or were you solely focused on playing at the time? No, I I, I told my mom one time, you know, I said, I'm I'm going to go. I was, I was, I think I was like, I was less than five foot in seventh grade, you know, so I was small. And I said, mom, You're I'm going <laughs> to play college basketball and then I'm going to coach. Yeah. And she said, she was really sweet. My mom was, well, she's still here, you know, every game you see, she's oh, yeah. my biggest fan. Um, she said, that's good. You know, I'm sh and I'm sure she was probably thinking, oh, okay. Uh, but, and she said, you know, you might want a backup plan if you decide you don't want to coach. And I said, I, mm, I don't think I do. And she said, well, you know, you're not probably always going to want to coach. And I said, well, I mean, I think I will, you know, I think I will. And, um, you know, it's worked out, it's worked out really well. And she's been one of my biggest supporters, but I can remember telling her that probably, uh, I was maybe a teenager, probably 11, 12, you know, I, I just kind of knew, I don't know. And, and everybody doesn't have it figured out is what they want to do. And, and I certainly probably didn't have it figured out, but I thought for sure that was my pathway. So having that in your mind, you go to tech, you have a good, a very good playing career at tech. Is that something you're trying to learn as you go with in the back of your mind I want to be a coach one day let me learn more about how to do this despite the fact that you're still playing or at, at the time at Tech are you focused on well you know I, I was telling Coach Wuerl who's a great mentor for me too you know I mean how many people are that lucky and and, and in my route to school uh, to get to Tennessee Tech I went to junior college and I, I played for a guy there it's funny they're all different but they all taught me something uh, you know that was really helpful to me and so I learned a lot in junior college too. So when I went to Tech, but I was telling Coach Whirl, um, when I used to go to his 
Eaglette camp. Mm-hmm. And I'll call Eaglettes because I still like right. that. But um, <laughs> he did a, a thing for post people, you know, and I went in and sat in. <laughs> and I'm sure because I just wanted to hear. Like I wanted to know what they did. And I, I can remember that. And I'm sure I looked out of place sitting there, but I was all ears. I was, you know, trying to listen and learn everything that I could. And then uh, while I was there, I, you know, I was, I, I really felt like my pathway was going to be to to go straight into uh, coaching at the college level, mm-hmm. going as a grad assistant or something like that. And and Coach World was, you know, such a good mentor for me. I'm I'm certain he would have directed, you know, helped me in any way that I wanted to pursue that. But you know, some things changed in my life and, and, and really for the better. So, you know, that's, uh, I just made a couple different decisions. And I've read some things that you've said, and of course we've talked a lot. I know you, you met Bobby and yeah. Bobby yeah. McWilliams, boys head coach here in Baxter. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. that changed some things for you. But what impact did that have? And, you know, and I've, I've talked to him some about this, but was it ever a goal for you guys to both be coaching at this you know in, in the way that you have because now you've built the you know the McWilliams family dynasty here in Baxter was that ever something that well you wanted to do you know I think we when we first met and of course he had a great career at Tech Hall mm-hmm, so when we first met um and started uh dating we we both knew we kind of wanted to coach probably me a little more than him I think he could have you know kind of gone either way he was okay with it and uh, we got into coaching we both really loved it and um we like hanging out together so it, you know and it, a lot of people are like how do you guys do that but you know we're we're really best friends honestly and and so for us to get the opportunity you know for both of us probably we could have gone some other places maybe could have been you know had a little different situations but for us it was more about we wanted a big family and uh it's really been a family thing for us you know and our boys have been for us to be here together, you know, they get they got to ride the buses with us. They got to go, you know, everywhere we went. And so we never really felt like as coaches that we were missing out on our kids or our family because mm-hmm. our kids and our family, were go- we were all going together. So it was something we all did. And um, I think that's what really uh, made that work for us. And I don't think we either one would want it either any other way. And, and- I talked about your resume, and it's been great for the entire time you've been here, but the championships have come recently. Does that family atmosphere that you built help you to be content, you know, in those early 2000s years is the, the family is growing to be content where you are and not be, well, hey, that 4A job is open somewhere, yeah. or this other job, does it does it help you along? Well, you know, way? I had, I, I had a, a, some th- opportunities uh, back when um, Tyler was a senior, Kobe was a junior, Austin was coming into his freshman year, Jace was still middle school, and um, I actually accepted the offer. And then a few days later, you know, I said, I, I just, I told Bobby, I said, hey, who gets to be at school with three other kids and their husband, see them every day, be on the same schedule, eat lunch together if you want, whatever? I said, I just probably don't get any better than this. So I just, you know, for me, it was an easy decision. I've never uh, wavered on uh, the decision for my kids. And it's it's been something that hopefully, you know, I, I feel like, um, and I think most people here do, that it's, it's very family-oriented, not just with my kids, but our players feel like family. Our fans feel like family. We try to have that family atmosphere here. So made it a real special place for us to be so we really enjoyed it let's talk basketball so you come in 
what year did you did you officially start here? I, I believe it was 94, 95. 94, 95, and then by 99, you're in a state tournament. So what were some of the keys early on building this program up to put in the, the foundation? Because to have this consistent success, there's got to be a foundation somewhere. So what was your goals in those in those early years? Well, you, you know, I, I know I knew whenever I got here, I, I don't think Everman had ever won a district title or region title or anything. So I tried to give myself five years. And the first two years were hard. I mean, that was, it was they were difficult. And uh, on the fourth year, uh, we won our first district championship, which is still one of my favorite moments as a coach. This to finally see that, you know, because it, it means a lot because I was here. I, I would have given anything to be able to play in uh, a, a state tournament and, and do this state championship game. So. On the fifth year, we were fortunate enough to make it to the state championship game, and uh, it was really exciting. But, you know, a lot of kids, you know, I, I was 23, my seniors were 18, you know, wow. so we were we were not friends, but, you know, it was a, it was difficult at, at times. But, um, you know, I, I, I tell those kids um, constantly, I, I talk to a few, well, a lot of those kids still come around and come back, but I told them, you know, things that those kids in that early you know, probably five to ten years, the hard work and what they did to change the program is the reason why we're feeling this success now. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. And and they had to go through some tough times to do that. You know, some tough times with me, young coach, and very, you know, demanding. You know, I was very demanding, and I loved them. And and uh, but, you know, I think. The things they did have given these kids opportunity to be successful. Coaching style-wise, because you know, I don't think anybody's going to watch Dana McLean's and not think that you're an intense coach. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. What you know was that always the case? Have you had to change things as you've gone on? And was there anything early on that you learned that you're like, oh, I got, I got to do it different? Well, I think for sure um, we all grew up in a little harder kind mm -hmm. uh, of coaching. A lot of you know, just a lot of more in your face kind of you know go go at it, and that's what I was taught. And those people that coach me like that are people who I love the most, you know. So I, I probably was a little bit more that way early on, and I if I could go back, I would probably ease up a little bit on on that. My intensity and my uh, I'm, I would never really want to would want to change that part, but I think maybe not getting on to them as hard as I did early on, I mean, I would probably change that. And, and I think back to when I was playing, you know, in the 2000s, you, there's been a change, I think 2010 and onward, even further towards away from the yeah. in-your-face coaching. Yeah. Is there an, an art for you, especially now, to be able to get that same point across, but in a different way so the kid is more receptive to it than maybe, because, you know, they come in and have never been yelled at as close as we are right now then no. they may not yeah well I think uh, again we talked about the kids before they, yeah. they had to lay the groundwork and they took a lot of that mm -hmm. honestly they took a lot of that um and so you know they'll call me soft now you know <laughs> they, they'll, they'll say I'm soft now but what I explained to them is now our standards are there mm -hmm. and the kids come in and already know what's expected so I don't have to be as hardcore and stern about things because if they already know those things so if they're not willing to do those things they're not going to be here you know they're not going to want to play basketball here and they're not going to make it here so i don't have to i think that before i had to establish how the program was going to be and i think 
um, now it's a little more everybody kind of understands mm -hmm. the hard work and what's expected and so we as coaches you know it, we don't have to be as as hard but I mean I can go there and they know <laughs> it and you know and they don't love it when, when it happens but I mean I think you just have to always for me I've, I've tried to make sure that I try to stay current and adapt to whatever kind of you know whatever needs to happen and it's a much better I enjoy coaching much better the way I can coach now. Right. Uh, and there's so much that you guys have done here. So obviously we could spend four hours talking about all of it. So I want to, the reason I want, and everybody listening, I am Noah McKay, not Rusty Ellis. Rusty will be back next week. I appreciate him uh, letting me take over his spot for a week. And it's because uh, for those who know me, when I worked at the Herald Citizen, I covered you guys pretty exclusively for a few yeah. years. So I've watched a lot of, you know, 2016 onwards, so many Lady B games and so I wanted to go through and kind of talk about them and maybe give yeah. people's perspective from outside and inside the program yeah. as we went. So this current run that you've been on, it goes back there but I think a lot of people say 2016 is when, you know, yeah. when, when Akira started and, all, and everybody came on the scene. You went to the state tournament in 2016, won it in 17 and 18, of course won it this year. So uh, let, let's start. When that's, that group, uh, you know, Riley Hurst, Akira and that group came in, from the middle school days, did you take note and go, okay, and I know you coached them for even longer than that. How long did you know that that group really had the potential to, to do something special? Well, I think Riley and Akira came over in 2015, right. and we had a good sophomore group ahead of them, and we had a good junior group ahead of them, and um, I had one senior um, who was a really good leader for us, you know, did a, was really, um, uh, didn't get to play a lot, but it was always um, just, it was very team oriented it felt really good so she did a, a great job of that and so in um i guess 2016 i i look back at 2016 and it was one of my favorite years mm -hmm. every practice was good every i don't know everything just felt good and i can remember saying uh, my seniors were uh, ashlyn medley mm -hmm. uh, sarah eldridge and brooke ferris right. and i kept saying I, I, I feel like we're one year away, but uh, I just want to get those girls to the state tournament. If I could just figure out a way to get them to the state tournament, because they're such special kids, and they're a reason why we're we're going to be successful in the future. I, I just wish I could, and I didn't know if we could. Um, and then we get we have a good little run, um, and then you know Ashlyn Medley makes one of the biggest shots really in Upperman history, really in my opinion, to get us going in the right direction um, on this run is in the region. Uh, finals, I believe it was, uh, in overtime. Mm -hmm. She hits a three at the buzzer from really deep. That puts us a chance to host, to go to the state tournament, host a sub-state to go. And then we get there and they make it to the championship game. And, you know, we lost to East Nashville, who was probably a better team than us. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably what, what happened. But I was so excited to get those seniors that opportunity. Uh, and I think they set really the standard for us to see what, what we could do and with our success. And obviously you were successful, that, the 2017 yeah. season. And, and so 2017, you win the state title, and 2018, go undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to ask this question because I, I think obviously going undefeated is probably a more difficult season. But what were some of the challenges in 2017 and what allowed you guys to be so successful in 2018? To not only win the thing, but to go unblemished because, you know, you've had great teams here. 
that teams all over the state going undefeated is incredibly tough to do. So how did 2017 set the stage for that? And how did those those two teams kind of well, work? Well, 2017 we had five seniors. Right. Um, we had uh, Gracie Maynard, mm-hmm. uh, arguably the very best shooter that I've ever coached. I mean, <laughs> unbelievably right. talented shooter. I mean, just incredible. And then you know Abby Greenwood, who's all state player, uh, Lexi Strickland thousand rebounds you know probably the one of the best rebounders that we've ever had then i had you know corey moss and anna torrance who uh, were great uh, role players for us in that setting they were such great leaders mm-hmm. and you know akira and riley then right behind them um it was they were just they that 2016 made them really hungry mm-hmm. and so they were very uh, focused in 2017 um and we we had a good run and we won it. It was you know super exciting for them and um, really special. So in 2018, honestly, I brought Riley and Akira in, and I said, look guys, we got a really young team. We had nine players. Yeah. They were two seniors. So um, no pressure. Yeah, we, we, and I said we're we're really young, so we're gonna lose some games. And I said, and we're gonna be inconsistent. And you guys are going to get frustrated at times. I said, so it's not going to be easy. And I know we're coming off a championship, but we've got to stay, we've got to stay patient with these young kids. And I talked to Riley and Akira about really what they can leave for this program is how you treat the young kids, mm-hmm. how you make them feel. And so I said, so when you get frustrated, don't take it out on them. I said, because they're going to look back, and maybe you're going to be the key to their success later on in in their career. And so. You know they're like yeah yeah you know we, we we get it you know we understand and you know they're great kids you know great athletes so i know they're competitors like me so i'm 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 telling them but i'm talking to myself too like <laughs> don't get mad don't right. you know be patient and then we start uh two sophomores and a freshman and we just things just just kept rolling we really never talked about it so we get we get to the and we, we our wins were pretty big margins, honestly. Mm, we didn't have a close game. I don't mm. not I can't remember no, many it, it was close games. Easy, yeah. And um somebody asked us in the state tournament, uh, something about how does it feel to be undefeated and we all just kinda looked at each other like, Oh yeah, we are undefeated. <laughs> like we really honestly didn't feel any pressure no. and we never really talked about it because that was a hundred percent not our goal. We were just trying to make sure we didn't get frustrated when we had a situation that might go south for us but um we, we it was just a really relaxed ap- atmosphere there and we didn't really feel that we that was not our goal we didn't we didn't care whether we were undefeated or not and in 2018 you know Riley Hurst had a huge injury early Absolutely, in the year yeah. who which you know unfortunately for her probably cost her a chance to be on the thousand point club she was probably about 50 points away you know not exactly 50 but um and what a great player, All-State, you know, oh, yeah. everything. Um, but I think we just we just didn't really feel any pressure to repeat or any pressure to be undefeated, and it, it just Does worked. the Did the championship before help in that regard? Because you, you get to the mountaintop and now you know that ultimately that's the end goal. Who cares about the, the record? Does that help kind of take the pressure off because you know? Probably. I think t- 2016 helped us be more ready for the tournament games. Mm-hmm. And I think um, 2017, I think, you know, Riley, Akira, and myself, really the only, I mean, well, Riley and Akira 
were the only two that had actually played right. in the state championship. Uh, Brooke and Ashland were there, but they had not really played. So, I, but I think just the going through and understanding and what it takes to do that, you know, I think Riley and Akira being such great leaders, I think they were settled in confident and comfortable most of the time that that game the, the Macon County championship game and of course it's Macon County's been very good it's, it's oh, been yeah. so much fun to watch sure. that the rivalries yep. happen it's very difficult to beat a team two three four five times yeah. in a season Abby shoulders goes to the line after all the chaos that happens in that championship game in that moment what was going through your head before what ultimately ended up happening in that game well I, I don't know it's, I mean you know what, what we know about making is we got a lot of respect for them yeah. and um, it was a really competitive um, game that game was you know just a, a crazy game but um, you know we're excited that that we came out on top of that yeah. game and you know we felt like um, you know we had we did, this was our fifth time to play and we had right. beaten them you know four times before um that was by far the closest that they that they had came but you know that you, you got to give them credit too i mean they they were competitors and and i think uh you know we just excited we won it was just you know for us it wasn't about beating macon county it's right. about winning the state championship we don't have a rival that we have to beat or we feel like we have to do that we don't we don't try to build our program well, on that. Well, don't say that because then people won't tune in to my streams <laughs> when I hype it up as a big rivalry. You know, they got to help us out. Uh, I think people tune in for that game anyway. But I, I, and I bring up Macon because, of course, next year, it you know, you have Reagan as a sophomore, Brooklyn as a freshman. So the, the class that we've seen is young, and, and you guys you know, fell in the, in the region tournament that year. Right. But then 2020 happens, yeah. and you have a good season. You make the state tournament. We're in the everyone's at the state tournament and it's the parallels were there because that year Macon County had rolled through everybody. It seemed like they had gotten the better of you the majority of the season. Both teams are in the semifinals and it looks like we're heading for round two in the in, in the state championship yeah. game and then COVID yeah. ends up forcing the thing to get canceled. That season for you, do you look back and what are your feelings looking back at it considering how it ended where you guys were in the season? Because you know, to those of us on the outside, I know we were talking, you know, it's really hard to beat a team that amount of times. This may be the time Upperman gets them, and you were playing so well at that time. What are the feelings when you look back at, at that season? Well, we felt time? very good about um, getting the opportunity to play them again. Right. Um, but one thing, honestly, for us, a lot of people were sad that, and, and, and us included, that the, the tournament got canceled. But... We had just, we were about a week out from a, a major tornado here. Absolutely. So, honestly, Absolutely. Um, we were we were thankful that, you know, that we were safe, right. our kids were okay, and it, it didn't have the, it actually put basketball in perspective, so mm. the cancellation for me individually um, was hard as far as my competitiveness, but easy because I realized that, you know, there, I have Ashland still with me. I right. have Tori Brooks still with Absolutely. me who, who could have went a different way, mm. you know. So for me, I, I can handle it because I, I was very thankful that uh, we even had everybody and that everybody was okay and we just went through and we were excited to be there and we, um, so I, you know, yes, do, do we think we had a shot at winning another one? Yes. And I hate it for the kids that were there that didn't get the opportunity to compete, but I think 
everyone on that team won a championship at some point. You know, I think so. I think that that helps yeah. in the in the fact that 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 one got canceled. And you know, we don't celebrate it as a as a championship. You know, I know some people do, but but we don't we don't celebrate it as a championship. But we don't celebrate it as a typical Final Four either. Right. You know, the tournament was canceled. We've had several Final Four teams, but we have lost in those games, and we didn't lose that. And you know, um, it's a gigantic th- asterisk. It, yeah, I think I think part. you know we could. It would have been nice if Tito Bustabale could have gave us a clear. Um, I think for everybody, it's a little bit unsure about how you're supposed to feel about that game right. in that time. So we just took it as a Final Four, and and that's what we did. But honestly, with with what we had been through, we were just we were just thankful everybody was okay. Well, and. Now, one you may not want to talk to me so much about the next year. Maybe the most dominant girls basketball team I've ever seen. You guys steamrolled through the season, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess the 2020-2021 season, and then Haley Johnson made the shot of all shot that yeah. I'm sure that our friends yeah. in Jamestown who are listening yeah. right now are saying, oh, yeah, she hit that shot, and yeah. the season ended the way it did in the region semifinals. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to you know, look at that season as a whole, but I know throughout this previous season, every time we talk, it came up a lot in that that group of kids was so good and so special to you that you weren't able to get it. You've been asked too many times about how that season ended. So, But how much did it drive you this year with this group? Not only just how it ended, but because, like you mentioned, every person on that 2020 team got a ring. A big part of that was the ring this year. How much did that drive you to, throughout this season? That made it really special. You know, that, that game, we, we played – we did not play our best, obviously, and everybody has those games, mm-hmm. you know. And if you can get through it, then you know probably the result would have been would would have been much better for us, obviously. But you know, Haley Johnson's a great player. She made a great a great shot, and um, you know York had a good team, though. Absolutely. That's what some people forget about. Yes, we did beat people by a lot, but they were probably our toughest matchup, and we knew that. Mm-hmm. We knew that coming in, and you know, we a couple things go a little different. You know, we we get through that anyway. But but you know, you, you tip your hat to them. You're, you, they're a great program. They do do a great job there. And you know, I, I've been on both sides of that. So you know, I, it's hard though. It was tough. It was not. You just feel like you, you those kids. You know, it meant so much to them. It was probably one of the hardest locker rooms I've ever been in. You know, and I've been in some tough ones. But it was it was tough for those kids because it means a lot here. So. We didn't really, we didn't really say, well, we got to go out here and win a state championship. You know, we really didn't know if we could. You know, right. we just didn't know. But what I, what I did know is that we, we had a good core coming back, and um, you know, so we just, I think they were motivated a little bit. You yeah. know, probably more so than even me. Like as far as, um, I wanted to get them back and give them an opportunity. Yes, but I knew it wasn't going to be easy this year, and I didn't want to. I don't think you can, you can coach or play with that kind of pressure that you have to get back and and we had the conversation many times like you you don't have to win the state championship to have a successful mm. season and i think here sometimes in the past it's felt like that right. you know everybody wants us in our our fans stuff they they we've been there a lot since 2016 and so they kind of expect that so you can't wear that all year long so we didn't we honestly didn't. We just, just new year, 
keep moving. Now the part that I, I maybe don't want to talk about. Entering this season, uh, and we've had a lot of fun talking about <laughs> this, out, you know, every year I've been here, the expectations from the talking heads like me who don't always know what we're talking about, but like to think that we do, uh, have been very high. Yeah. Every year entering the season, Upperman's going to run, nearly run the table, and we expect them to be in Murfreesboro. This year was a little different. You had some roster turnover that was expected, and then some that was unexpected entering mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, we said, well, we kind of need to see what's going on in Baxter before we those yeah. expectations are put on to them. And it was a different spot for you. And yeah. you opened the season, and we've talked a lot, but wasn't always perfect, but your defense was always really, really good. And then you just hit a stride middle of January on after that three-game losing streak, didn't lose another game, and obviously did what you did. Was it any different for you guys inside during this season? You talked about it a little bit there, but, you know, with people on the outside not necessarily expecting a state championship, does that change anything for you, or was it same mentality entering the year? Well, it's kind of the same mentality, and as it went along, it was kind of nice in a way, you know, you just – but but then also I could tell um, – they didn't love it that that you know I think they they kind of thought that's fair assessment but they didn't love it right. what I, and that's the competitor that's what I like right. those are the kids I like that they realize maybe that maybe it's a true assessment right now but they don't like it mm-hmm. and so I think that fueled them a little bit and we had some growing pains I mean it was tough at times and you know we look back you're 32 and five I mean <laughs> we say that but you know it's kind of comical when it you is. say that in a it way is. but. You know, we, we felt like we continued to get better. And um, we had a target date on when we wanted to be at our best. You know, I'm going to set that a little earlier, you know. But, <laughs> uh, but they... Um, did you reach the target? That's we, the, actually, yeah. we actually did. There and, you go. And, yeah. you know, we, we had some uh, good conversations, some hard conversations at times. But the one thing that this team did was uh, they always stayed together. And they, they never really got... Um, there was no... Uh, arguing between each other mm-hmm. when things didn't go well. No, we didn't love it, but we we were together and we were trying to figure out what it took to get there. And and when you're a competitor, you want to hear what it, what can you do to get better. Mm-hmm. And when you're not, you don't want to hear those things. Right. You want to hear all the things you're doing well. And so you know, and they know I'm a straight shooter. You know I'm a straight shooter. So you know we had those conversations on what what can we do and how can we get better and. Um, you know, I felt like they they really bought in, and things came together really nicely for them. And, and I'm going to ask you a question about your missed basketballs because it's it's, it's interesting that you had three of them here in, in a strip. But the non missed basketball type players, perfect example, Emma Conradi, and, and maybe it's the competitor that nobody that nobody knew was going to emerge. But you know, we all the media from the Upper Cumberland was sitting baseline in that championship game when she had that span in the second quarter where she went crazy and we were outwardly freaking out because we just couldn't believe that she was doing what she was doing but it had built to that point how critical was it for her for Gracie Hamilton for Bella Mullins to hit that competitive gear when nobody expected them to to be able to get you that championship because there's plenty of teams with missed basketballs on them that don't win championships how critical was it for them yeah I think you know Emma one of my proudest moments as a coach I've said that yeah. you know and uh, I'll let you in on a little news that she hasn't made it public yet so I don't know when your podcast we can wait but, yeah, yeah. but uh, she's committed to Bryan College That's right? awesome. and so she's super excited she told me today That's I mean awesome. you know just to see a kid who's really you know she's just hung in there 
and and her shock could have likely never happened if circumstances were different in certain ways it might not have ever happened but she was ready and one of the most coachable kids and a kid you want to see succeed and um she's a competitor too though you know um you know, she, in the biggest moments, you know, I don't know if it gets any, I don't, I guess as a high school player, it doesn't get any bigger than a state championship game. Right. You would expect for Emma to have some nerves. Absolutely. Bella, Gracie, have some nerves, but you know, you didn't see that. She, they just can't, if they had them, they, they controlled them internally very well. Uh, no, it was, it was really um, exciting as our, for our coaching staff just to see a kid like Emma, but you know, we, we say that, and I think at the beginning of the year, Emma really, honestly, probably just occupied the spot and, right. and kind of just, and then as things came around, she started being a factor. Well, and that's, she, she started becoming a factor that we could, we would not have. You know, and that's without. the amazing part to, to us on the outside because we were watching it, and you know, early in the year when we were putting out our top five. And by the way, Y'all were on the top five list after the first week of the season. I'm just going to put it out there to our friends in Baxter so that they are aware, you know, we saw it quickly. But, you know, we saw and we knew entering the season, you know, Abigail Johnson. Um, I, you can ask the full UCR team. I've been a Jayla Cobb believer for a long time and, and Brooklyn Crouch. But the question was, what after? Yeah. And that question kind of persisted through the season. And then once you hit the tournaments, it was like, oh, well. Emma Conradi is a factor now. It's not a one-off thing. And, and the way they hit their stride was really impressive to watch from the outside looking at. Well, you know, Emma, I, I think back of looking at um, we'll need a big defensive play and she'll come up with a big ball. Right. I mean, more than once. You know, in the state tournament and the state championship game, you know, it, it was a little bit of a struggle there. And she got six straight points, you know, back to back to back. I would say that's the first time all season that she in in the biggest moment, you know, and and that's what builds championship teams when somebody, you know, you you do know what you're going to get most likely from from Brooklyn. I mean, and, and you can't take away from what Brooklyn and Abigail and Jayla, you know, wow. I mean, they were so impressive through the year, but um, you know, Emma just made made some big plays at some crucial times, and not just in the state tournament, but in order for us to get to the state tournament. You know. That's awesome. Well. well. You mentioned Brooklyn. So you've had three missed basketballs here in a quick span. Akira Levy, of course, back-to-back. So really, I guess, four if you, you, you count the two. You, you have Reagan Hurst and then Brooklyn Crouch. All three of them, as players and as people, were very different. What is it like for you to coach uh, superstars like that, and how do you have to change, maybe depending on a personality, because Reagan Hurst's personality is very different from Brooklyn Crouch's. is very different from Akira Levy's. So for you, coaching these stars... Is there anything you have to do differently depending on them, or is it just this is how you're going to get coached and <laughs> live with it and be a star? Well, what I've, I've always tried to do, and, and we try to do here as coaching staff, I've, I've talked to them about is we need to try to figure out, you know, what those players can do, and let's feed to, to what they can do, you know. And, and they don't have to be some – I don't have a, a mold I need somebody to fit into, and, and then I can say, well, we're going to make you miss basketball. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> So we, you know, they're they're talented players. Lachey Davis was a Miss Basketball, mm-hmm. different than all all three of them. Emily Christian was Miss Basketball finalist three straight years, different. Right. Uh, Kayla Biles was a Miss Basketball finalist here. I mean, all those kids actually, none of them play very similar, right. honestly. Absolutely. And you know, we talked about, uh, you know, what what a treat for, you know, Reagan got to watch Akira as a young kid, and she got a real you know see 
how Miss Basketball and, and, a, and a player like that handles themselves and carries themselves. And, and Reagan, you know, she came right into her own, did her own thing, and uh, there she was, Miss Basketball. And then, you know, Brooklyn got to watch Akira as a young kid, but got to be on the court with Reagan for so many years. And you know, we and we've talked about that um, in some other interviews I've had. But you know, I told. Brooklyn, you know, you're, you're going to come in and it's a tough position. The point guard position is arguably, for sure, the hardest mm-hmm. position to play at Upperman, I can guarantee. You know, I'm I'm going to be the hardest on, on those kids. I was a point guard. That's I want them to, you know, we, we have to be on the same page. So, um, but the connection is strong there. And I told her, you know, I, you're, I think you're going to be a great player. But And replacing Akira is not what I want you to do. I want you to be Brooklyn Crouch, find your own way. And and she did, and and the same results, you know, the same results uh, at the end. Um, two totally different point guards, totally different. Right. But that shows you, uh, you can be successful many ways. You know, you don't have to follow one one pattern. And we we've, we've changed our style a million <laughs> times. You know, I feel like since I've been the coach here, and I just try to find the the best players and see if I can figure out something that fits them and I think this year early on that was what I was trying to figure out how do how do we work how does this work and um, I think you know we finally connected uh, two more for you your of the state championship teams what was the most difficult coaching job for you and your staff not from a you know necessarily players perspective but just the challenges that you faced throughout the season and even back to the 2018, maybe it's just going undefeated is, is hard to do. But what do you think was the most difficult one for you to get done? Well, I think maybe maybe that first one is tough because to finally do it. You know, I had uh, as as our program, we had finished runner-up three times, mm-hmm. and we've been in the final four, I think, twice up until that point. And um, the year before, runner-up again. So to try to get that first championship, I think for everybody in the program was was difficult. Um, once we got it, it was a little more relaxing. I think this year um, was challenging because last year was such a heartbreaker. And, you know, teams can go either way like that. They could have said that was our shot. That was We were the best team, and we didn't win, so forget it. Forget it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams do that. Right. And they could have done it. And then we lost a couple kids that we were expecting to play that, that chose not to. And... We thought though they were going to be big parts of our team, and and there would have been another way to say, well, you know what, definitely forget it. So I think that was challenging to keep everybody, uh, you know, together and and believing that we could do something special. And so I think you know I think this year we had to really probably work as hard as we ever have, but it was um, a lot of fun doing that too. Last one. You've been here now 20-some-odd years, all the accolades that we've talked about. What keeps you coming into this office every day? What is the end goal? Because to those of us on the outside, we look to your son sitting on the bench and go, one day maybe that's you know a, a plan to yeah. hand off the reins to, yeah. to Tyler. What is the thing that keeps you coming in? What's the end goal here for you and Baxter Daly? What I've always said for me and everybody for a long time is ask, you know, how long will you coach or, or, or whatever. And as long as I love it, then I'm going to continue to do it as long as I feel like I can uh, give those kids everything that I have tried to do in the past. If you know, I, I know that if I ever 
don't want to give it 110%, I'm going to get out because that's not fair to our program. It's not fair to um, the program here or the kids. You know, that's what the standard is here now on what level we're going to. It doesn't mean you're always going to win, but the level that you're going to coach them, the level that you're going to work, that you're going to do things. And if, if I don't want to do that, then, then I'm definitely going to get out and, and happily do so. Um, I enjoy, I, I, you know, Tyler being back um, probably makes me enjoy it even more. Right. You know, and um, I feel certain probably without him here this year, we probably don't have a state championship. You know, he, he was such a huge part in um, our success. And, you know, obviously for me, um, I would love to see him take over if that's what he wants to do um, whenever. Maybe 20 years from now, you know. <laughs> like maybe next know. year. I don't know. You know, we'll <laughs> see. But um, I, I think uh, he he went uh, last year to Cumberland, and I think that was such a good uh, experience for him and his growth. And um, there's no doubt he can be a head coach and be successful whenever that time comes, whether it's here or whether he wants to move on. But, uh, you know, for us, we coach, um, and I've told my boys over and over, you know, you can't coach for the wins and losses. You coach for the relationships that you can build and the difference that you hopefully can make in other people's lives. And they've had to remind me of that. You know, uh, when I lost last year, Austin had to remind me when I was feeling sorry for myself a little bit. You know, you said we we don't coach for wins and losses, and and we, you know, we did everything we could do on the other end of that. So, uh, you know, for us, it's more about the family atmosphere and, and the relationships so you know I'm enjoying that I, I think uh, Tyler enjoys that and you know and, and not just Tyler you know, we got got Emily Christian well, Emily Hughes Emily Christian for me <laughs> you know oh, yeah. her, her numbers up in the in the Raptors here and at Tennessee Tech you got a kid like her or she's not a kid but you know she's for me I mean uh, to have her part of your program over there and now to help you here and then have Amanda. Amanda's been a long time assistant for me, you know, and Amanda and Emily were fifth grade when I started. <laughs> and so it's just a family. They're like, they're, you know, I don't have any daughters, but they're about as close as you can get, you know, and um, just the things they bring is really special. So, you know, if we can keep this together for a while, then, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be here for a while. Well, Dan McWilliams, I appreciate it as always. appreciate all the time that you give us and uh, the working relationship we built through the years. So I had to come out of, I had to come out of the office for a day to come and do this. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you for you. taking the time.